Welcome this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Shannon Costantino Roush. Shannon, are you ready to do this? I am. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to have you on. Let's go. Shannon is the Chief Strategy Officer with Finless Foods, their organization working to build a future for seafood where the ocean thrives. Shannon, again, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Yeah, I love that you asked on to start with the personal because that's kind of at the core of what's led me to do what I do. So I grew up in the Bay Area, which as you may know or think of, I grew up kind of surrounded by nature, really excited by everything in terms of camping, backpacking, hiking, but really more so even the ocean. So it was a really big part of my life. And I think it grounded me in this sense of purpose at a young age that I wanted to move into the world of being an environmental lawyer um, and policymaker, kind of more specifically in terms of the ocean, which I always think is fun because how many people can say they knew that at 14, but I've been grounded in it and it really has been my source of truth since then. Um, the fun fact about my personal life, I moved away for 15 years in the Bay Area and kind of my work took me around the world. So I lived in DC. I went to law school in Vermont. Um, I lived in Italy. I lived in Africa but I moved back. So now I'm back in the Bay Area. I've been here for a few years now. I live with my partner and my two cats. Um, and as much as possible, I try and still go back to my roots and get outside as much as I can. Um, many coastal hikes are in, on my weekends, my weekend agendas. Um, I think one thing I learned throughout my my you know wandering career path is that I truly am a systems change thinker and a builder. And I really like to think about solutions that don't exist yet. And so that really brought me to Finless Foods. We're an alternative seafood company. I'll get into that more what that means. But I'm excited to think about on a daily basis, what is how can we solve for these unprecedented challenges facing our planet and our ocean today? So um, I love that you asked about the personal because it truly is what formed me and brought me to the career path I'm on now. I love it. So do you take the cats for walks along on, on, on these coastal trails, Shannon? Okay. Can I tell you, this has been a personal passion of mine. And I really tried, you know, you see all those cats on motorcycles, cats, sure. like hiking cat. My cats are just not about it. And I think it's the first lesson of a parent. Like you have to meet your, your animal or kid where they are, not where you hope them to be. My cats do not want to be hikers. So they stay at home. Good enough. Good enough. You, you need to you need to honor that, and I, I appreciate that you are. So yeah. you knew at age fourteen that that this was what you were interested in doing. So in the time that has passed, our it doesn't seem like we're doing better with the ocean. Or am am I wrong? Yeah, that's a really tough one. All I can say is the ocean needs our attention. Um, I think there's more attention, maybe in the general consciousness now than there was. I think that the consciousness has maybe shifted focus a bit in that when I first kind of really started learning about ocean issues, it was maybe more about fisheries or marine mammals. And now the conversation is climate change. But I still think I live in a bubble in my, 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 my friend group, my colleague group where I physically live. And I do think that in terms of like planetary consciousness, the ocean is still lower on that list, even though it's like the heartbeat of the planet. So I think there's never enough airspace given to this topic, to be honest. Yeah. What are some, so I'm like overfishing 
garbage in the ocean. You mentioned climate change. Are, are those some of the top issues? What are what are the issues that 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 Finless Foods that you and Finless Foods are really working to address? Yeah, I think biodiversity, which you're right, fisheries and you know pollution and other kind of systemic challenges are key part, parts of that. But again, if you have a healthy ecosystem, a biodiverse ecosystem, it'll be more resilient to changes like climate change. Um, climate change is core and central. I think, you know, in the planet, in the ocean, especially, um, that's definitely top of the list. Um, like you mentioned, in a lot of ways, microplastic, like garbage, but I would even get more specific to plastic and microplastic, um, especially because microplastic is kind of what you think of it as micro. You don't really see it but it's quite pervasive and and it's going to, and is causing a lot of challenges, especially since it's so small, how do you address it, right? Um, so I think those, those are all key challenges that are affecting the ocean and um, the challenges that the ocean is the commons. And a lot of these very specific things like climate change and microplastics are so pervasive. Where do you start? Right. And so Finless, difficult yeah, to like get your arms around. Totally. And so the, the reason I mentioned that in that framing is that I think it really is core to the why statement of Finless or like, the, frankly, even this new revolution of innovation and startups trying to attack planetary and ocean challenges. So Finless specifically is working on alternative seafood. I say it in a broad category because we're working on both plant-based seafood and cell-cultured seafood. Cell-cultured is a whole new field often called cellular agriculture that I'll get into. But the theory of change here is how do we produce additional sources of seafood to diversify the ever-increasing demand and do so in a way that reduces pressure on the ocean, let alone doesn't add more pressure to the ocean, and also is seafood that doesn't contain microplastics or environmental contaminants like mercury, um, can still be as healthy for you, et cetera, and provide consumer choice. But also seafood, and like I mentioned, cellular ag is a huge field with meat, poultry, seafood that also can be part of a climate resilient food system. So the, the sort of big, big carry audacious goal that we're going after is producing food also in a way that uses yes, less resources. So it can be super resource efficient in terms of land land for for example cattle but also water and other nutrient inputs um and so we're trying to do this in the seafood space if we're successful it can address many of the challenges you mentioned climate um sort of our both our adaptation and mitigation to climate change but also the biodiversity impact of fisheries on our ocean it's all fascinating so cell cellular cultured does that mean we're growing fish in a petri dish? Yeah, I mean we don't like to say that, but yes, in theory that it's <laughs> that's a joke because you know we do get often like lab seafood, and it's something that we try and reframe to say conceptually, it's exciting that people are trying to understand what it goes like, what's the production process that goes into this. But we're trying to reframe folks to think about this more into another production method. So we use microbrews to create beer, and we use like we do fermentation practices for for like like yogurts and cheeses and this is a new production method that uses like bioreactors etc rather than imagining someone in like a hazmat suit in a lab right <laughs> working on <laughs> on cells it seems mysterious but you're right and that 
the, the concept of cellular agriculture is to take a sample of cells from a conventional animal or in, in the seafood case, a wild capture animal, grow these cells out in the way that they're growing in our bodies, like feed them the core nutrients, salts, sugars, amino acids, so that you essentially keep the cells happy. They multiply and you know proliferate, grow to be more cells. And you can harvest these cells and structure them around, think of like a scaffold like you would for construction. And the cells grow around the scaffold to replicate what would be consumed as what you see as conventional seafood. So it's much more comparable to eating real seafood. For example, if you have a seafood allergy and you ate cell-cultured tuna, it would still apply versus a plant-based alternative is truly just 100% plants. So vegan-friendly. If you have a seafood allergy, no worries. But the idea we have is that there's a world in which folks want to eat plant-based seafood, could and should. There's also a world in which we don't think that plant-based seafood is the end-all be-all and that really to diversify our food production systems, we need other ways to, cre to, to create and produce the animal proteins that people eat today. And a key breakthrough, like quite groundbreaking way to do that would be cell-cultured beef, cell-cultured poultry, and in Finless's case, cell-cultured seafood. It's fascinating. You, I think that I understand you, you borrow some of the cells from, from a wild-caught fish. I'll just I'll use crude terms, so I apologize. We, Go we, for it. You, you, you work to expand them, and then you build a scaffold, and my brain wants to think about like 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 building the frame of a building or you know the paper mache of of a fish and then it starts to kind of take its form mm -hmm. exactly i mean it can get more complicated in terms of scaffolding like if, if you think about the solar panel and you've gone through like v1 through v10 of iterations of how how far we push the technology and i think we can see that that scaffolding pace will get more or less complex as we evolve in this in this industry but you're right the truest form is that the cells will grow around a 3D structure to give it shape and form to be the thing you are expecting to eat, whether it's steak, whether it's a piece of sashimi, whether it's a nugget. So now perhaps this is I'm, I'm about to step on another term that that, 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 that you're working to reframe. How, how similar to this is when I think about cloning something? Is it similar to that? Is it dissimilar? Um. Dissimilar, and also I full disclosure, I'm not a scientist, but I think folks imagine we're cloning an entire animal. And really, we're taking cells that we, through what we feed them, can trigger them to grow into a muscle or a fat cell. And then those cells replicate to become pieces of like the muscle tissue we're used to eating and the structure, like the connective tissue, but are not becoming the whole animal. And so I, I wanted, like, obviously, I'm not going to go into the full scientific terms sure. of what happens with cloning, what happens here. And also, I would pass that to our CTO, our chief technology officer. But I say that dissimilar in that I think there's this, this idea that we're taking cells and they're growing into an entire fish. And then so it's going to be one animal that we took cells and becomes the next animal. And really, it's that we're taking cells that are going to grow into additional fat cells or muscle cells. And we're only going to grow the piece of the meat that you would be eating. So for example, we'll grow a piece of sashimi or someone in the, the 
beef space may grow a steak, but they're not growing the whole animal, which is also part of the value proposition that all of the energy it grows to all the energy it takes to grow an entire animal of which we eat one piece of it. We're really only going to grow the piece that we're going to end up eating. So there's less food waste and also less like energy conversion. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. We, we do not require the skeleton of, of of the animal, so we don't need to figure out how to grow fish bones uh, or scales, mm-hmm. for that matter, and anything like yeah. that. Super cool. Or in the world of chicken, right? We prefer the breast, but our folks eating the other pieces. And can we just optimize to grow the piece that we've become accustomed to wanting to eat versus the entire animal? I certainly see the the ethical benefits. Are there are there ethical challenges that 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 that, that you are working with, considering, thinking about? Yeah, it's interesting. You're asking really great questions, by the Thank way. You. I don't, Thank you know, you. I get these, but we don't get them often. I mean, I think one thing that we, we get asked a lot about in this realm is like, are these products vegan? Or like, what a vegan eat these products? Hmm. At the end of the day, really, I can't speak to the exact way the cells are taken from an animal because it depends company to company. So for example, are you taking like a biopsy from an animal that is a live animal that the animal doesn't need to die for said cells. Is it a piece of, is it a, is it coming from a piece of fish that was already harvested? Like the animal would have been harvested regardless that the fish would have been harvested and those cells are coming from that animal. So at the end of the day, like to the purest sense of is an animal going to need to die or not for this? It really depends. And I, and I just, there's so many methods being used. Even though, regardless of that actually is what I'm trying to say, you're talking about maybe one animal which could have those cells infinitely reproduce versus infinitely harvesting animals. And so I think that is the piece where going to this, would a vegan eat it? It really depends on the vegan because if you're vegan because of the animal rights system or because of the infinite slaughter of animals for meat, then this is different you could have one piece of one cell biopsy that could infinitely reproduce and create infinite meat. If you truly are vegan because you don't want to have one cellular component in your body of an animal, maybe this would not be for you. But in general, I think there's a lot of like ethical arguments that this this production method would improve a lot of the uh, animal rights challenges we have in our current mass production system. Yeah, that certainly makes sense to me. And I'm 100% sure that no matter what you do, you will have people that are super happy and people that are super mad at you. So it just is what it is. Yeah, the nature of the nature of compromise, right? Some argue that the best of compromises is that folks are unhappy on both sides. It's an excellent point. <laughs> Means you made it made it somewhere in the middle. Yes, I, I think that that's right. All right. So opportunities and challenges, I'm sure that you need to overcome the idea of I just like to eat fish versus, you know, this is kind of weird because I'm sure people are going to say that. I, I don't think it's weird. I think it's very cool. So I'm sure that you're working on that. I am. I'm, I'm more so curious for today how long it takes you. Like how 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 scalable is this? How how hard is it to make it commercially viable? Yeah, it's so fascinating because in terms of challenges, I think you know there's always the consumer adoption question: Will folks eat it? But I think on the day-to-day, we think more about scale, to be honest. Um, can we produce enough for the folks that want to eat it? Um, so in terms of like you're mentioning, how long does it take? I think scale is the thing this industry is thinking about the most right now. 
And it's not per se how long would it take you to grow from from sell to finished product, because actually that could be exponentially quicker than what it takes to grow an animal in the wild or what it takes to grow, for example, farm like farm-raised fish. But it's really more how long is it going to take for our industry to scale production? And, and for us, that's really building out physical manufacturing spaces, manufacturing capabilities. So I think that really goes down to the funding and investment in this industry, not just by like private capital, but even by the government in terms of like right now we're going into farm bill. And so I think what you'll see is there was already an approval of a product, a chicken, a chicken product earlier. Well, I guess late, late last year, earlier this year. And so we're seeing that the timeline to reality in terms of it's deemed safety by the FDA, we've, we're hitting that reality. I think it's in the next one, two short-term amount of years. What you'll see is that the production timeline of scaling up is the, the medium-term timeline. And so I think that's really more the, the timeline question is really more about that. The how long, how many years till we get to production scale where any person could go to a retail store and find these products? That's definitely the medium to medium longer term than how long it's going to take to grow out a single piece of sashimi and get FDA approval for it. Got it. That makes a ton of sense. Fascinating. It's just so much running through my head thinking that, you know, what if just pick fast food restaurant says, oh my gosh, we are running out of good sources for my hamburgers or my chicken sandwiches or my fish filet. Maybe we should explore this kind of a thing. And they have what I would perceive to be almost limitless resources. So who knows what the future holds, Shannon? Yeah, it's fascinating. And you just hit on something that I think, you know, is really key. There's definitely a sustainability play here. That's where many of these companies in this industry is being founded. That said, there's also really like business plays here. And I think some things we we really see a lot is the interest in this space is equally coming from the realizations around food security and food system resilience, which we saw in COVID and how quickly we can have supply chain disruptions and the pushback that we don't have enough fresh food or fresh like fresh produced food. And the fact that this industry could be produced locally if you had a production facility versus transporting the seafood from around the world. So I definitely think the the distributors and um, the food industry are looking at this industry from the perspective you just mentioned. And that's where they're investing and, and keeping a keen eye to our advancements. I'd love to think that People do things because they are sick of seeing terrible videos about animals being in terrible conditions. And I'm sure that that's some of it. But then there's also the other thing, too, Shannon. So whatever. I'll take all of it, right? (laughs) Right. Whatever drives interest to the solutions we need, right? Let's not let perfect be the enemy of good here. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and where can we learn more about Finless Foods? Yeah, definitely. Please do check us out. Check out our website. Um, you can just Google and we, we pop right up there. Um, follow us on social. We post a lot about what we're doing and where we're going on LinkedIn, especially because we're we're out like I'm heading to South by South by Southwest um, this week. So there's always things to be seen about where we are and where you can find us. I'd also say just if you're interested in this industry, check out like just Google cellular agriculture, cell cultured meat, learn more about it. Um And in terms of the plant-based space, just a a little plug, I would say try plant-based products. Like you may, you may not have had them yet, but be open-minded, try some, just try plant-based eating, 
think about where your meat is coming from and and try to make the most conscious choices and realize the impact of our food system on the planet. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Shannon your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find Finless Foods. Just type it into your favorite search engine and check out everything that they're working on. Follow them on LinkedIn for the updates and um, more information about them. And then check out Cellular Agriculture and be open-minded to trying some plant-based foods as well. Thanks again, Shannon. And until next time, remember, do your thank part. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great rest of your day. Well, thank you. You as well. And remember, Cheers. until next time, do your part. Bye. Doing your best.